0: You're listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode 98. I am beyond excited to share today's extra, extra special guest because I'm just going to cut right to the chase. This guy is not only a business guru, but he is just an incredible, incredible powerhouse of a mentor and of a genius. I got to meet James a little over a year ago through my friend Melissa Griffin. And I was completely floored with, in just about an hour of time, how he completely changed my mindset on my scarcity issues, my issues around money, the belief in myself that I could actually cultivate and grow a multi-seven-figure business, my limiting beliefs about the capacity to really grow and to really be abundant in this world. James just floored me with his passion and his purpose and his pursuit to just hit you hard with the truth in the possible best way. Not only has he been an online entrepreneur for 11 years and is well known for his early success with online video and YouTube, but in 2016, James made a massive shift to focus on the mindset needed for entrepreneurship to really fill this gap in the marketplace. So he launched um, Mind Your Business podcast and his signature program, Business by Design. Now, I know a lot of people, when they hear the mindset thing, they tend to Overlook it, right? They're like, oh, well, I just need the strategies or I just need the tactical tips or just give me, give me, give me so I can consume, consume, consume. But what you will learn, whether it's now or two years from now, is that if you don't get your mindset in order, you are going to burn out. You are going to hit a wall. And the only reason why people become successful is because they get their mindset in order. I cannot stress to you this, this enough, and there is no better person to talk to you about this and to teach you about this than James. So James shares a little bit about his own entrepreneur journey. But then our conversation starts to go much deeper than that. And in my opinion, James's true zone of genius is where business and mindset do intersect. And that's really what this conversation is all about. In this conversation, James digs into how societal norms shape our ideas of success and what we can do to shift those beliefs, overcome the resistance, and really recreate our vision of success. He also talks about dismantling limiting beliefs, overcoming fear, and embracing vulnerability to create eight success from the inside out. Now, I want to encourage you guys that if you're already having resistance to this episode, you need it more than anything else. I know this conversation will inspire you to really think about how you want to show up in the world, how you want to influence others, the business that you want to create, and it's going to give you the, the most needed tools that you need to be able to do that. So please do yourself a favor and listen to this episode with heart, listen to it with focus, give yourself the time and space needed to really listen to this episode and get your worksheets out, guys. Get ready to take notes. Without further ado, here's James. This show is brought to you by our free webinar, Pitch It Perfect, a completely free webinar that gives you access to my five steps for helping bloggers and influencers like you land brand collabs, press, and negotiate better deals. This webinar has strategies and steps that will literally blow your mind. You can join the free webinar by going to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Now, before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to Sarah Heater today, who is our reviewer of the week, and she says, I love that the interviews on this podcast come from such diverse industries and backgrounds, and I can always be assured that even when a guest may sound super far from my own niche, I'm going to get something really amazing out of it because the show is 100% interesting and it really promises what it delivers time and time again. I also love that Julie speaks not just to experienced or intermediate business owners, but to people who might just be starting out or haven't even started, but are kind of interested in maybe starting most podcasts in this genre. I feel are targeting people who already have businesses and are looking to grow, but I'm often left feeling like, okay, but where do I actually start? So now with Julie's show, I don't have to worry about that. She's very inclusive and makes sure to explain buzzwords and concepts every step of the way. Thank you, Sarah. I'm so glad that you take note of that and that you remind all of us listening that it doesn't really matter where you're starting from or what niche you come from. It's really about asking yourself, how can I learn something from this, right? How can I think differently about this? What can I learn from this? Even if it doesn't feel like it's talking to you directly. So with that said... Today's episode, guys, oh my gosh, you are going to want to make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone when you finish listening to it, and then you want to tag me at Joel Solomon and our incredible guest at James Wedmore and hashtag the Influencer Podcast. I am not saying this lightly. This is probably my favorite episode that I have ever done of the podcast, and I want to know what you think about it. So make sure to screenshot us, tag James and I both, and let us know. Welcome to the influencer podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert speaker and New York times best selling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders and entrepreneurs, as they share step-by-step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hello, James. I am so grateful that you are here with us today.
1: Julie, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Every time I log into uh, iTunes, there you are, there you are, right up at the top, and I'm just like so happy for you. And it is, it really is an honor to be here because I know you've got an amazing uh, loyal listener base.
0: Yes, thank you so much. I know you see my 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 big white teeth just attached <laughs> to your bone and through. Yes. Your- It's a
1: contagious smile. It really is. (laughs) Uh,
0: Thank you. Well, I am so excited and um, I'm joyful to to, to be talking with you today. That's the word that comes up for me Um, because of just what an incredible human being you are, what an incredible business leader you are, um, and strategist and online marketer, and all of the things. But most importantly, I find you to be such an infectious teacher and educator. And you really do come from this place of service and wanting to support. And um, I know that my audience is just going to fall in love with you today, as I did when I had the pleasure of meeting you, which we can talk about in a little bit. But I would love for for you just to kind of dive in. Tell us a little bit about who you are, your journey, um, what got you to being passionate about what you do today and how you support and serve so many uh, incredible people online um, and throughout the world.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate the very kind words. That uh, means a lot to me. So thank you. And I really want to keep this part as short as possible because I want to talk to talk about me as little as we can so we can really get into you, the listener. Um, but the short version is, is I've now been running an online business for 11 years. I think when I first discovered that that, that was a thing, I was immediately hooked. I fell in love. Mostly because I was a very insecure Um, nervous, quiet, shy, awkward introvert. For anybody who's into Myers-Briggs personality, uh, I was a stock INTJ, which is the very awkward recluse. So I was really drawn to the internet um, as a way of like, I don't want to do a traditional route of having a job. I was a bartender at the time and a gym janitor with a college degree, mind you. And I was like, is this really how my life is going to go? So I went towards this... like. You know, this is back in uh, 2008. This, uh, oh, I'm going to start a business on the internet. And uh, the long story short is I spent the first four plus years struggling, like really struggling. I had to move back in with my parents. I went massively into debt. I was living in their basement in my mid-20s. So I really had to swallow some pride, especially when you're trying to explain to a pretty girl who <laughs> your roommates are. And um, and uh, that things weren't going well for me. And there's always this specific moment that pops up into my head that today, in hindsight, because hindsight truly is so, you know, it's 2020, it's beautiful, um, a different perspective. That I would spend hours, like hours, in front of a computer. Like the 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 daily routine became: come out of bed, get out of bed. I would pop an Adderall. If you're you're familiar with Adderall, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All the all the kids were familiar with them too. Um, This is like for those who don't know, I was taking 20 to 40 milligrams of Adderall a day, which is a basically a legalized form of speed. Um, I'm not saying I recommend this, but I got addicted to it uh, because my little sister had ADHD, and so I would work in front of a computer for 14 hours a day, roll out of bed, pop it, and then like work until like midnight or two, and then you know maybe eat one meal, and I dropped down to like a very scary 145 pounds. But I was working harder than than anybody. I outworked them all. And to be a little braggadocious, or at least like, you know, that cocky young hubris James that I was, I was very smart. I was getting straight A's back in, you know, all throughout school. So I was very smart. I was very confident in my my intellect. Yet here I was starting a business, doing something on the internet, and I was, I had nothing to show for it. And that was, that was when I really reached the low point because I was like, I'm, I'm, I can I'm smart enough to figure all this out and I'm working, I'm willing to work harder than anybody else to do it. And with both intellect and hard work, I had nothing to show for it. It wasn't working. And there was a particular moment living in my parents' house where I was so angry and so impatient and so frustrated that I remember breaking my keyboard by smashing my fist. And it wasn't the first time I'd done that, actually. I went through a few keyboards. And I remember going outside, ready to just yell up at the The heavens, you know, like yell at the stars, and I decided not to only because I didn't want the neighbors to call the cops. But I was—I just remember so much anger, so much um, frustration, like just ready to give up and just call this whole thing quits. And there was one thought that popped into my mind, and it's a thought I've—I've that just stayed with me, and it really began to change everything for me. And the thought was, at least one day I can tell this story. And the reason that that was like the change of the tides for me is because I started telling myself a new story that this won't last, and we all this is all part of the journey. It's all part of the the journey that we're on in stepping into becoming an entrepreneur. And um, that was back in two thousand nine. Uh, I've been in business just over eleven years. Um, I've been fortunate enough to run a multiple multiple seven-figure company with my beautiful wife, um, a a fantastic little team. Uh, We run everything from events and masterminds and online products and and all of that stuff. And there was this one other step that I do want to share, which was that I became known... And maybe at one point, Julie, you had heard of me at this because a lot of people did. I built up this reputation as being the go-to YouTube guy. I was the video guy. And some people listening might be like, oh, "I remember this guy because I was." I, I, you can just go Google it. I had tons of these silly YouTube videos, and that was like the first iteration of success for me that I got to experience. But today, that's not really what we teach. And yes, we get into things like, and I put air quotes around it, like mindset and stuff, um, and it's like really performance coaching for entrepreneurship because I realized what really had to happen to make all that awesome stuff happen in my life and in my business. And, and as I look back, so little of it is the having the right funnel, the right strategy, the right marketing campaign. I'm not trying to belittle those um, or say that they're not important. But we tend to ignore so much what's going on between our ears the perspectives that we choose to hold, the thoughts that we choose to think, the fears, the worries, the concerns, and how much that plays a role in the decisions that we make on a daily basis. 95% of our thoughts, our habits, our decisions are subconscious, which means we don't even know it. We're not conscious to them. Most people aren't on a daily basis. And then we wonder how we wound up this way and today i talk to entrepreneurs about how you see business and how you see yourself in the context of business truly is what determines what's possible for you and we we tend to not look at that we tend to not look at who am i in the context of business we tend to not look at our beliefs our perspectives and this is what i call or this is what we look at as when we experience resistance right? People talk about this resistance. Well, resistance is simply a thought or belief that counters that which we want. And so people are... Most people, and it's usually the struggling entrepreneurs, are chasing and looking for the secret, the answer, the missing formula, the missing strategy. Tell me what to do. What is... Oh, this is the thing. This is the thing that's going to chase it. And they're, they're looking for this external... Thing to solve all of their problems, and and most will never look within. At at, at and that's the re- I mean that's what I always say is like that's the real secret. Secret, you're the secret. You're the the missing link that's been there the whole time. And until I changed how I thought thought about myself, thought about business, um, until I let go of the beliefs, the worries, the concerns, and the fears that no longer serve me, nothing else changed. And bottom line. What we, um, I mean, it's not bottom line, it's just another perspective to look at from everything I'm trying to communicate here is that most people are not wired for entrepreneurship. We've been trained in an environment to think and act um, like good, hardworking, permission seeking employees. You know, work hard, go to the bell, raise your hand, ask permission, do what you're told, work harder. Hard work equals success. That was the thing my dad you know, just drilled into me my entire life. You got to work hard to be successful. um, And and that's it. You know, that it's your work ethic, your effort determines whether you make it in the world or not. And we grow up in that environment of, of employee. Again, nothing wrong with being an employee, but what is quote unquote wrong or rather ineffective is taking the thoughts, the beliefs, the perspectives, and the mental strategies of in being an employee and trying to apply that to your own business and expect to actually win that game. That's like taking the rules of tennis or practicing and mastering tennis and then stepping onto a football field and thinking you're going to win. It's a different game and it requires a different set of rules and a different set of thinking. And I know you asked me, oh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. (laughs) And I went off on a tangent. But today, that's what I get most passionate about uh, is working with other influencers other other coaches and other entrepreneurs on how they can really uh, like you know in a cliche way like just step into more greatness and be more effective in the people they reach and how they reach them and the lives that they change
0: mm, I love that and I mean so much came up um, I've been taking little little bits and pieces um, a lot of things that I want to touch on but but what's first coming up for me is um, you had just mentioned that you know how by, from a social norm, from our, from our, our families, our upbringings, um, you know, from what we were around for how, how we were, we were told to think and feel growing up is that, you know, hard work equals X, Y, and Z. If you do X, Y, and Z, then, you know, you, you've attained the American dream, so to speak. And I think that in a lot of ways that, that has caused so many of us to lose our inner artist and you know now it's it's like we're kind of in this new phase and this we have this this abundance of this online space and all of this amazing things that we can create and cultivate ourselves so how do we reclaim that inner artist and really look inward for that and you had mentioned something earlier that you said um you started looking at yourself with what really had to happen for you to kind of pivot and get to the other side of that so What what really did have to happen at least for you and in, in your journey in order for you to reclaim your inner artist?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to answer that because there's a lot there, uh, and and it's not one thing. Like it's it's 11 years of of um, making that a practice and a discipline. Um, I think to read, but to, one other thing I want to say because I love this idea of the inner artist. I think the first step is that if I'm coming from this idea that either my parents or society was impressing on me about what it takes to be success. I think the first step to, um, regaining that inner artist is reminding ourselves, we already know everyone listening knows this, but it's, there's always going to be a difference between what you know and what you do with what you know. Um, and it's, it's, we all need to find our own definition of success and to understand that there are like societies, um, expectations and these um, impressions of what success is supposed to look like and it's supposed to be. And, um, you know, and we never, most people never stop and look at, well, what does success mean for me? How, how will I know when I am that version of success? And, um, it doesn't need to be the the house, the white picket fence and the, the fancy car and the certain amount of money in the bank account. It's whatever you want it to be. And for a long time, uh, being, being a creative myself, I, I grew up with a video camera in my hand. My, my, uh, like quote was just, I want to get paid to make videos that, I mean, that was in my twenties. Like that was, that was my, thing. And like if I was making videos and I was getting paid enough that I could live and not have to get a job, that was success for me. And that's that was it. Now that all changed, of course, as soon as um, there became a point in time when working with a customer and they'd come back and they'd say, James, I just made my first video. And I realized that that wasn't all I was meant for. It was just to help someone make their first video. Um, and that sent me on a journey. But I think that's always the first key is like, what is your definition of success? But um, anyways, to actually answer the question that you asked me, um, what had to change? Well, the first four years of my entrepreneurial journey, I was operating from an illusion. And the illusion was is that I had to do, I had to add on, I had to improve and enhance myself in some way in order to be better. And this is what so many people are doing. I hear it all the time. People say, "I gotta, I want to push myself to be better in 2019," and that seems like such a harmless, positive, like good for you. But the problem inherent in phrases and and um, just even thoughts like that it presupposes that there's something not good enough about you right now, and that's what I was doing. I was, I got to learn these skills. I got I to gotta get smarter here. I got to learn ways to work faster and work harder and work longer. And it was all coming from this place of so I can finally be worthy, deserving, or good enough to receive all that I want. And I spent the first four years, ironically, and I think they are absolutely correlated, it is not a coincidence whatsoever, that I didn't get anywhere from that mindset that I didn't actually get results until that shifted. And what shifted from that moment forward and how I operate today is this thing about mindset or personal growth or evolution or getting to that next level, right? You always hear people saying like, I want to take my business or my life to the next level is actually the opposite. I went from adding on and enhancing me, trying to enhance me into subtracting, Taking away, or more accurately, letting go. My my life became about shedding that which did not serve me. And what I'm talking about here, like, is intangible. Hopefully, it's not too intangible. But are the the is the resistance, the thoughts, the beliefs, the doubts, the worries and fears that I was taking with me everywhere I went. And it's almost analogous if, if we can. Create a real powerful visual for people. It's like setting out to climb a mountain like Mount Everest. And that's your goal. I want to get to the top of Mount Everest. But before you set out to climb this mountain, you put this backpack on your back and you fill it full of rocks. Rocks like, what if I don't make it? Rocks like, what if they find out I'm a fraud? What if I find out I don't actually have what it takes? What if they don't love me? What if I look like an idiot? What if I make a mistake? What if I waste time? What if I let down my family? What if, what if, what if? And we take these heavy, heavy rocks with us on this journey, thinking that holding on to these doubts, these fears, this resistance is somehow going to get us there faster. For me, it was the thing that was holding me down. The reason I was so frustrated, the reason I was banging my keyboard, anger anger is a form of fear and i was afraid i was i was afraid i was i was afraid of judgment i was afraid of ridicule i was afraid of what people would think of me what they how they would see me if they would attack me if they would you know In some crazy thought, reach through my computer screen and punch me in the face. You know, like it gets so the fear feels so real to us. Like we're actually our lives are in danger. You feel it physically, and so the journey began for me where I really noticed how much I was trying all my marketing efforts, my my posts, social media, my email, everything I was doing was coming from this place of I need you to like me, and I'll say whatever it takes. So that you'll be my friend, because that will validate me on some level. And the ironic thing is that's probably one of the biggest sins in marketing. So, anybody who's setting out to be an influencer, you don't influence by being vanilla. You don't influence by being the thing that everybody already knows and already agrees with. You must, on some level, be willing to rock the boat, be the contrarian, to go against the grain, to zig while others are zagging. Because if you don't stand up for something, how the heck do you expect to stand out? If you can't be a leader for something, how do you expect anyone to follow you? And that goes back to this thing of most people are looking for the right strategy. What's the, what are the right seven steps, the right system, the right tool, the right software, the right platform to build my following? And they never consider whether they are showing up as a follower themselves Or choosing to step in the role of being a leader. It doesn't matter what strategy you follow. If you are not being the leader and acting like a leader, you will not get the following because no one follows followers. No one follows vanilla. No one follows what everyone already agrees with. They are hungry. Your people are hungry for the new perspective, the new idea, the thing that can change everything that at first most people might get upset by. I mean, there's a lot of things that I say that, you know, I talk about uh, hard work and hustle um, is not an essential ingredient for success. And anybody who's telling you that you have to hustle your face until your face falls off in order to be successful is lying to you. How many people do we know that you can just think of a friend, maybe yourself listening, that is hustling like i was addicted to adderall i worked longer i worked harder and worked faster than most people listening right now and it wasn't working and and we all know we all know people that are are working that hard and that long that are hustling have nothing to show for it so that can't be that can't be the thing you know that can't be it and by the way side note why i also and this is my just contrarian point of view Uh, you, You know, which created a lot of controversy, a lot of people push back on me. And I'm like, I don't care. This is what I stand for. Is that as an entrepreneur, if you're operating from hustle, you don't even realize yet how small you're choosing to see yourself. Because what you're saying is, is that your unique value, the unique gift, your zone of genius, the unique thing that you and you alone offer, who you are, who you really are, is really just your work ethic. That that's it. That's all, that's all you provide to the world is that you can work a little bit harder than other people. Big deal. With a motivational video on YouTube and an extra cup of coffee, anybody can work that hard as well. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what you came here to do. That's not your uniqueness. It's just that you work harder and longer than other people. It's a finite limited resource anyways, because we all have the same amount of time in the day. And when we say yes to that working that extra hour, what are you saying no to in your life, your health, your family, your friends, your sanity, your mental, emotional state? And uh, it's just, it's so not who we really are. And again, my experience today is the less I work, the more we've been able to make, the more we've been able to grow, the more we've been able to reach more people. Um, But anyways... Going off on tangents, because that's what I do, Julie. So I, I do apologize. That's
0: what I love.
1: So it's not good. <laughs> but I appreciate that. But I will, I will shut up in a second. But to get that really specific, I got, I realized how much my, how I showed up in my business was to protect myself and, and really needed everyone to like me. Really mm-hmm. needed everyone to like me. And because of that, I was vanilla. I was playing safe and I was playing small. The moment I let that go, Um, The moment I realized that what your opinion of me is has no bearing on who I am as a human being, the moment I realized that anybody, a complete stranger's opinion of me uh, says nothing about me, says a lot about them, says nothing about me, I was free. I was free to say what I truly wanted to say. I was free to do what I really wanted to do. All of a sudden, I'm reaching more people, I'm being more assertive and, and straightforward in my advertising. I wasn't pulling to, you know, to just use the metaphor, I wasn't pulling my punches. In one year, we, we tripled revenue um, and, and hit seven figures. It wasn't you know, what's the strategy, James? What, what launch mechanism? What, what was your copy? No, It wasn't that. It was how I was showing up in the context of your business. when you realize that your business is a reflection of you. And to really get present to that and think about it for a minute, your business is a reflection of you, you as the entrepreneur and you as how you show up in that business. How do you expect to reach new people, get a message that influences others when you're more concerned about what people think of you? hoping you don't make a mistake, hoping that you look good, hoping like how many times do you notice yourself before you press submit or post or send on an email, an Instagram post? I hope they'll agree with it. I hope I said this right. I hope they all like it. Mm. And why is that your number one priority? Why is that more important than I hope this changes one person's life. I hope this makes a difference for one person today. I hope this wakes one person up to my perspective to something that i know can help somebody. Why would we be more concerned about people's thoughts, perspectives and opinions of ourselves which is very selfish. Again it's it's like a survival mechanism so i get it versus how we can make the world a better place in, in the way that we can. With the responsibility that we have is having of having any platform at all even if it's a platform of 50 people. Those are 50 living, breathing human beings that you can touch, that you can inspire, that you can shift in some capacity. So that was a big one. I stopped, uh, I rocked the boat. I didn't care what what other complete strangers out there thought of me. And that allowed me to like really show up fully. Mm.
0: So good. So much there. And I, I, I want to start with that idea of fear. And re- really, I love that, you know, you were talking about, it's like, Hustling for the sake of hustling is not going to get you anywhere. Doing for the sake of doing is not going to get you anywhere. Even giving for the sake of giving.
1: Because a lot or, of or rather, or rather giving with an expectation that you better get something back.
0: Yes. You know, people are like, I, I'm giving and I'm giving and I and I'm giving and 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 nothing's happening. I'm not growing. What am I doing wrong? Well, yeah. you're expecting to grow from the give. Right. You know, that's I think that's huge for those listening. And the other thing is. You know, at the end of the day, that that fear, which is where all of this stems from, is it's so boring. It, it is the it's the number one thing that we all have in common. Yeah. Like, it's it's so just vanilla, as you said. And to <laughs> me, really, the opposite of fear, and the opposite of hustle, and the opposite of doing, and and all of those words that were kind of coming up for me. The the word that kept coming up for me, and the opposite of that. Would be vulnerability. Mm. Um, could you share a little bit about how stepping in to your vulnerability, claiming that vulnerability in your life, in your work, in your relationships, and in, in the products and the services and the programs that you create and, and serve to your to your community and to your customers? Was that an important piece? And 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 if so, how did how did vulnerability play? a successful and important and abundant piece to the work that you do.
1: Sure. And, and I think vulnerability has become a much more, um, you know, dare I say mainstream topic in in the last few years. And, and then I think, and I think people are doing it wrong too. Um, and so. (laughs) I I like to
0: call that, um, curated imperfection.
1: Okay. Yes. Right. Perfect imperfection. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's, it's like it's staged in a way. Uh, or it's done with a sense of expectation, like, well, I I cried on my webinar and showed them I'm a hot mess. Why aren't they buying? Um, that's not vulnerability. That's you just being emotional, hoping that'll make more sales. Um, that's not vulnerability. Um, but I'll tell you, I think vulnerability is takes a an effing lot of amount of courage, like the most amount of courage, because. In a sense, it is facing your darkest fears because a lot of the fears that we have are fears that we're going to be found out. Like someone's going to find out that we're not really that good or not worthy or not deserving. And to be vulnerable, um, and my experience of being vulnerable, is to be able to share honestly and openly that those are the fears that you've had and why that becomes such a relevant piece. If you want to be an influencer is because these are the things, these are the fears that it's kind of silly. We, we tend to think we're the only ones that have them. Like, it's just you, you're the only one that is like afraid you're not good enough or you don't, you don't have what it takes. or you're afraid of looking bad or you're afraid of criticism. Everyone does everyone. And if you don't think that, it's just because they've gotten really good at fooling you. And so being authentically vulnerable is an opportunity for us to connect as as a real human being because these are the things that we all go through. I mean, it's part of the human condition. It's part of what makes us all the same is that we're all going through this. And so um, we run... Masterminds and high level group coaching programs. And I know that, like, I'm a very positive guy, like, very positive. I'm very big on your thoughts, create your reality, and you're either focusing your attention on the outcome or the problem. And so I am, like, in the cliche sense, the, ha- the glass is half full kind of person. But when I'm coaching somebody, I can't give you or facilitate or support you or coach you in any way to the biggest breakthrough of your life when all we're talking about is what's, what's good, what's working, what's rosy, and what's rainbows and unicorns. We have to be willing to uh, talk about what's not working, where there's pain in your life, where there's struggle, You know, the what's keeping you up at night and that's a lot that's that can be really hard for people in especially in a mastermind group or a small group coaching because everyone's trying to like you know prove themselves that i'm in the right room and i'm cool enough i'm good enough to be here and so as an influencer knowing that until someone becomes vulnerable we can't really create change i have to lead with that first it's 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 about leading with example so when i run retreats um and events um I'm always setting the tone to give them the permission to be open and vulnerable. And uh, you know, I've talked about a lot of the fears that are present. You know, Um, there there's people that maybe listening right now have a fear of I don't think my business is going to ever get off the ground. I don't know if what I'm putting all my time, my money, my effort into is ever going to work. For those people, if that's you, have you ever considered that there are people that, are, that have gotten what you want so desperately and now they've got a whole new set of fears like what if it all comes crashing down? What if this doesn't last? What if this was too good to be true? More people than you'd like to realize with successful businesses are operating that way and I was as well. And so until I share a story like that of how for years... I mean, as soon as things took off for me, I was, I was just like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, this could be it, up, oh, you know? And then, of course, your perspective, you know, your uh, how you see business determines what's possible for you. So how I saw business was, it's too good to be true and it's going to come crashing down. So everything that happened through that filter, through that lens, through that perspective became evidence of, up. Oh, this is the beginning of the end. And I realized that even though I had made money, built an audience became an influencer, I was still operating from fear. And until I could share that um, and how much that would keep me up at night, I would have nightmares about it. Really, like just re- a reoccurring nightmare. And the dream was, it was, a, it was a plane that would crash in front of me. I had it, uh, I mean, I must have had it 20 times. Just a, a 747 jet crashed down right in front of me. It was the most like, it would wake me up like in sweat in the middle of the night. Um. This was pervasive in my life, and until I would, you know, could share a story like that, I I wouldn't really be giving the rest of the room or my clients permission or opportunity to allow them to share what their deepest darkest fears are as well. Um, so for me, that I mean, that's where it's been. It's played a massive role. So I hope that offers something for you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and I I love that you also touched on. The fact that it's not like, you know, I don't know, you You hit seven, your first seven figure year and then all of a sudden the fear goes away and everything's, you know, um, rainbows and unicorns. That's
1: a very dangerous lie to be, uh, <laughs> uh, to be living as well, like this illusion. Um, and I mean this is what I call conditional living, which is this idea that conditions, external conditions in your life are determining your emotional or internal state that once you have a certain amount of money, then you'll finally feel safe. And that's, a, that's, a, that's one what most people believe in, right? Like, I'll finally feel safe or secure, let alone feel happy or feel enough. And I'll, I'll tell you this right now, that I, I can guarantee it. If you're telling yourself that story, once I make X amount of dollars, I'll finally feel safe or secure or anything, you, will, you may hit that number or not, but I don't know. But if you hit that number, that feeling ain't going away. It's like the benchmark keeps moving as you move. So now it'll be another number until you can feel safe. Because you're like, oh, well, I made all this money, but now I've got more expenses and more risk and more you know, team and payroll and software and all these things. So now it's this number. And you'll continue taking your, your stories and your fears with you wherever you go. Um, and, and so until we heal that now, it's, it's going to perpetuate. Um, and bottom line, that's the whole concept of living your life from the outside in, which is letting the the world around you, your, your reality or your circumstances determine how you feel. And that is us, you know, giving our power away to, to external things that basically says that my bank account determines how I feel or the economy determines how I feel or the state of the marketplace or the state of my last promotion determines how I feel. And that's that's living from the from the outside in versus really choosing to see our power is realizing that we create our life from the inside out, that we choose and can choose consciously. But again, like I said before, 95% of our thinking, our thoughts, our decisions are are subconscious. But when you get present to that, you can choose how you think and how you feel um, without any external circumstances determining otherwise that you can, you can choose your state right now, no matter what's going, going on around you. And I, I firmly believe, and that's where I've operated from, from the last several years, that that's where change gets created until we change from the inside out. Don't expect anything to change on the outside.
0: So true. I love that. I'm just taking a moment with that because that's, that's a big thing for um, a lot of the women in my community is just that idea of not having power, being powerless to something. Um, You know, it's, it's, um, they feel resistance or stagnation, but, you know, are they really being curious enough or they may feel shame or fear or faith, but they mask it by not really having the outward influence that they're wanting. I mean, there's so many different layers there. Um, I'd
1: and- like to I'd like to speak on that. Yes, if, please. If anyone listening really resonates with what Julie just said of feeling like you don't have power, the interesting thing there is that that's an illusion. That's a lie. That that we're choosing to buy into. Um, if, if that's the case to not have power is, is a lie. It's not true. In fact, what I've really come to realize over the years is, is how powerful we all are. Like if we if we actually actually realized how powerful we are, we would never think a negative thought again. You'd never worry another day in your life. So to to say or to feel or to 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 think you have this experience of not having power is is so not true and that's everybody it's not just one person or a few people or someone born in this situation or someone who went to these type of schools or that education or something it's every it's every single one of us that we're choosing to not realize how powerful of creators that we all are that we are all extremely powerful creators and if you look around at your life, everything that's in your life, which most of us just don't do, we don't get present to everything in your life, you created that. You created that. And that's evidence of how powerful you are that you create your reality, that how you think and how you feel is creating your experience of the world around you. And the universe responds. To how you feel, not to your circumstances. But you're the one that actually created your circumstances. Even if you don't like your circumstances, it doesn't matter because that's more proof and evidence of how powerful you are. You created that. I created being broke and struggling in my parents' basement. What a gift that was. Why that's such a gift is because it taught me number one, the, the immense responsibility. That comes with, with being an entrepreneur and what it really takes. But number two, it has given me all these low points, all these struggles, all these problems, has given me so much experience and experience creates wisdom that I can now help others. Have you ever considered that for one moment that maybe the thing that you're going through right now, which isn't permanent, we always run to, to tell the story that it's, this is it, this is the end, and it's permanent and it's fixed and it's stuck and it's unchangeable. Is something necessary for you to go through in order to give you the experience, the wisdom, so that you could do something of value with that? How could you help somebody else if you haven't gone through that same thing? And how much more valuable, how much more insight, wisdom, knowledge can you provide when you're like, oh yes, I remember when I was there too? So what comes hand in hand for me about realizing and remembering your power, you you can't actually give it away either. It's, 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 uh, it's just the illusion that you don't have the power, but it's always there. What goes hand in hand with, that with for me is the moment we take full responsibility for our lives. And I think that's where people start to almost prefer to believe in the illusion that they don't have any power because sometimes it can be a really tough Very tough pill to swallow to say that you are one hundred percent responsible for your life, one hundred percent everything in your in your life, and um, when there are things in our life that we don't like, it's very easy for us to want to blame others, to want to avoid the responsibility, to say it's because of this person, it's because of you know our president it's because of our economy it's because of my competitors it's because of facebook changed their algorithm and we and we kind of just get off the hook and start blaming others but that gives you the illusion that you don't have any power because you're choosing to ignore your role in it you're choosing to ignore your own role in your own life and the responsibility that is inherently there and ultimately at the end of the day where we operate from is anything is possible but you are also 100% responsible for everything in your life. And when you step into remembering that you're 100% responsible, then anything truly does become possible. Because if you think of it this way, like if something doesn't go the way you wanted and you blame somebody else, what you're really saying is, my life isn't going the way it is. And Cindy... It's Cindy's fault, so Cindy actually controls my life. Cindy's actually in charge of how my life goes, not me, Cindy. there's no, there is no power there, and you're choosing to to uh, believe in a lie, believe the illusion that there's that you have no power. but you're the one that's choosing to say that it's Cindy's fault when we are always one hundred percent responsible for lives, and when we when we operate from that that's when we re- remember, that's when we see our power. And I, d- I do think it starts with recognizing, look around, you created all of this and you can create anything else you want because the universe will respond to how you're feeling right now, not to your circumstances. Your circumstances are not fixed. They're not stuck. Even if you want to fight for your limitation and say that they are. But the thing is, is if you... If you let your past and current circumstances dictate your decisions, your actions, your thinking, your feeling, behavior, then you repeat your circumstances and nothing changes. You repeat your circumstances. So, um, yeah. Anyways, I hope that offers something. I I know I go off on.
0: It does. I I love that you used, you know, the example of Cindy, because I even think the algorithm, that one comes up all the time. I probably get 15 DMs a day just on the algorithm. Yeah. And you know, it's it's really at the end of the day, the algorithm is just responding to what you have created and put on your feed, period.
1: Totally. If you look at this, I mean we we doing this eleven years and different platforms like Twitter was big when I first started and you know, Facebook has gone on through all these changes and YouTube and all these other things. You know, Snapchat's come and gone go. Do you really think that there won't be any other Algorithm changes moving forward? Do you really think that it won't change again in the future? That there won't be new platforms or existing platforms will change, new features, old features taken away, and stuff like that? It's always going to change. The only thing that is a constant is change. And so, are you going to let this one change determine the entire success of your business and start to freak out and say the sky is falling? This is the beginning of the end when you know that these changes are inevitably coming? I think successful entrepreneurs are constantly looking for, okay, where's the opportunity? You know, where's, where's the new thing? I mean, that's the thing is these, if these, these changes have always been happening since the beginning of these platforms, SEO and stuff like that. But people have more and more people have continued to start online businesses and grow those online businesses. It's those that can deal with the change that continue to thrive. and, and, your inability to deal with it will be your downfall. Because we must be flexible enough and open enough to be able to see what's a new opportunity. And at the end of the day, what I always, what really helped me overcome that fear of this, it's all coming, crashing down, was I had to get to the core of what was the problem I was really solving for people. And for entrepreneurs, it was like, hey, growing their business. And so, there's two pieces, right? I had to get to the core of that. And that's something for you guys listening to consider. What is it that you're really solving? Like the fundamental core foundation beneath it. You're like, well, I sell physical products on Etsy. No, no, I'm not talking about the actual problem. I'm saying, like, what are you really providing them? And what I got clear is it was like, I'm solving their business problems so they can attract more customers, make more money, all those things. And then I had asked myself, is that really going away anytime soon? Or is every business owner going to just wake up one one day and be like, Every single one of them has more clients than they know what to do with, more sales, more leads. They don't need that problem solved anymore. No, no, that problem will never go away. So, despite what changes on the surface, those, those deeper level foundational things will never go away. A hundred years from now, there will be businesses that need marketing, that need solutions to growing their business. Like, come on, there's no way that that's, every business on the planet is just going to one day, that's not an issue anymore. And then I looked at my why behind that. Because if the business is coming crashing down, we have these fears that it's all going to be taken away from us. And that fear of something being taken away is a very strong, powerful motivator. And so I said, what is it I'm really afraid of getting taken away? So I asked, why am I doing this? And what I got really clear on is I'm, I'm here to serve. I'm here to make a difference. If there's one person even here on this podcast that it like made one iota of a difference in their life, I, I win. I fulfilled on what I'm here to do. And so then I asked myself, if anything happened, whether it's the economy, the dollar falls, everyone changes to Bitcoin or something like that, what's, could that really get taken away from me? My, my commitment to service, could that, could that ever be taken away? No, of course not, because I could choose to do that today, tomorrow, the next day. And that's when I realized when I really investigated, there's nothing at threat, nothing at stake, nothing that could ever be taken away. So when these changes come in, these algorithm shifts, these, uh-oh, Instagram changed again. It doesn't affect me. And, and it shouldn't affect, affect you either. It just means you can choose to look at the problem or you can choose to look at the opportunity. I choose opportunity. And I hope you guys do as well.
0: Yeah. I love that. And just what kept coming up for me too, in, in that idea of you know, the powerlessness and, and really, you know by claiming to be powerless, you're actually abusing power.
1: Mm. Oh, tell me more about that.
0: Just because you're, you're, you're coming from this victim mentality. (laughs) Yeah. And so you're, you're claiming to be powerless. And then in turn, because you're, you're claiming this, then you're, then you're abusing power from other people who you're looking to, to either rescue you or fix you by claiming to be powerless. Right. But for me, the, the opposite of victim is a creator oh yes you know the the or the opposite of a persecutor is someone who's going to seek out challenges and be a challenger um, and um and and and, a, and, a, and instead of trying to to rescue something or someone, you know, coach them instead like it, mm-hmm. it's it's such these these little mindset shifts that can happen when you when you take yourself out of that state of 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 powerlessness and and get more into that creative creator state. And, and I think more importantly, it's about, and you had mentioned this before, you were talking about courage and bravery. And I think that a lot of this also goes back to kind of getting comfortable with being brave and scared at the mm. exact same time.
1: Mm. Um, well, there's, yeah. this con- there's this there's con- this concept I heard a while back about um this idea of no man's land or no woman's land, which is, There's nothing so pressing that's causing you to like have you operate from fear to change your circumstance or situation. Like, we better figure this out because we can't pay the bills next month. Like, that can actually really be a good thing. Like, when people hit a rock bottom, you don't need to hit a rock bottom. But when people hit a rock bottom, that can be, again, such a blessing, such a gift, because it can really be that place of enough is enough and they change. And then what I tell all of my, especially my higher level clients, is how vital it is to have a vision. And it's a vision that is so big that it scares you, but it also just rips you out of bed in the morning, every morning. And why I found that's so essential is I read some study about how um, money itself is one of the lowest uh forms of motivation and uh and then i've heard this quote i love i'm gonna botch it a little bit but it's money only money is only important to those that don't have it and so when we're like trying to get the business off the ground we're kind of in this like startup slash survival mode it's like we fixate on it and then a lot of entrepreneurs are the type of individual that they're like i just want to see if i can do it and that's a lot of what drives them like can i do this am i capable of this and then all of a sudden you make good money And you're like, well, I did that, and then you realize like the money doesn't actually really motivate me that much, and that's true for most people. It doesn't really motivate you that much. In fact, when I first launched our first YouTube course back in 2011, we did four hundred thousand dollars in sales in 30 days with a ninety-seven dollar course. It was it was all the dreams fulfilled in less than a month that I'd been dreaming for for years, years, and I fell into a deep, deep depression for two months. Like, started doing drugs. Well, just like weed and drinking, uh, none of the heavy stuff, but I was just like, couldn't get off my couch. And I was like, I had no motivation, no will to keep growing this. And it was like all I had put all of this meaning into what the money was going to say about me and what it would say about who I finally am. What a scary thing, because then I got that money and guess what? I didn't change. I didn't suddenly feel successful. I I didn't suddenly feel worthy. The money, the external thing, did not change my identity. It didn't redefine me. I was still the person that doubted myself and was insecure and not good enough. And that was a really scary, scary, scary thing. Um, So I had some work to do there. But ultimately, what got me out of that, which was really cool, is just what a gift that this was an opportunity for me, is after we launched this program, I started getting emails and Facebook comments. And they were from students who were seeing results. And I felt a feeling that I had not really felt before. And it was a feeling I wasn't really hadn't really been chasing or looking for, which is the feeling you get when you have evidence that you've made a difference in someone's life. And that's like a drug right there. That like never loses its tie. because I was like, whoa! Like someone was just like, holy cow, James! I just got three new clients from a YouTube video. We just made five thousand dollars this month, and you just changed my business. And I can't thank you enough. And um, this is the best program I've ever taken. And I'm just like, what is this feeling? This, and and all of a sudden, I found myself stepping into a clear why. You know, I feel like it comes cliche. Like, what's your why? What's your purpose? Um, But I'll tell you, your why and your purpose is not just to make the most money and have the biggest pile of, of cash. It's it's not. That's not a very motivating thing. You'll find it once you have it. You'll be like, that's all. That's it. And the money comes and goes. But I stepped into, began then, to step into a bigger vision and a bigger purpose that would drive me. And if there really is a secret. Like, what's the secret to success? Uh, That's it right there, is to to have a vision that is bigger than you, a vision that really compels you. And I I believe for all of us listening, especially anybody who's listening to a podcast about being an influencer, it's a vision that entails changing people's lives, impacting them in some way. If you're looking to be an influencer because you want to puff up your ego and be more popular, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and it will fail. But if you're doing it because there's something bigger than you, something that you're standing for, something that you see is, is going to change lives, and you are in service of that vision, then that's what's going to call you to do the Instagram posts or, the, or that extra webinar or that extra email or that extra whatever when you're exhausted, when it's been a long day, when you just don't feel like it. But the final piece, and this was a huge distinction for me, is if I say create a a big vision, like one that you feel, that's great. That's one thing. But the people that will actually turn that vision into a reality are not those that work towards the vision, which is what most people will try and do, but rather work from the vision. When you work from the vision starting now, you realize you're stepping into the role of the entrepreneur, of the visionary that that business needs. And you're doing that now. You're doing that today. Not tomorrow, not next year, not once you hit a goal, which is what, again, is conditional for most people. I'll feel successful. I'll finally have made it once I have all this success and results and money and stats and followers and stuff like that. We need to be that influencer now. We need to be that leader now we need to act, operate, think, behave that way now from the get-go if we ever want to fulfill on that vision. You need to be operating from the vision, not to the vision. Does that make sense? Totally. I yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, James, one more question. Um, sure. I want, I want you to, of course, to, to share where we can all find you and stalk you and all of that good stuff. But I would love to know, what does influence mean to you?
1: Mm. Wow. Okay. The first definition that would come up for me in terms of influence is the ability to shift one's um, perspective. So this is a really fascinating concept. And I promise I'll keep this one short. But there is like this idea of objective reality, which is like what is reality? What is really real? And I'm going down the rabbit hole a little bit, guys. I'm getting you to think a little bit. But there's like there is what is reality? And then one perspective on that answer is that no one actually knows. Because we all filter reality through our own perspective. You know, it's like that whole cliche example, if you have a bunch of people who witness a car crash from different vantage points and perspectives, they'll all offer a different uh, report of what happened. Because they have a different perspective of the events that took place and most people your audience the people you want to serve the people you want to influence the only reason that they they don't have the results in their life that you would like for them to have that you're committed for them to have is not because of their circumstances but because of the perspectives that they continually choose to hold about the world about their perspectives about themselves and about what's possible for them and until we are able to get them to look at their world differently their world will not change until we can get them to change their beliefs, their, their vantage points, their stories, their lives don't change. So if you truly want to influence someone, you do it by changing the way they think about themselves and about the world around them, then their world changes. That's influence. That's what I'm up to doing myself. And I think everyone listening should be up to doing the same thing.
0: Mm, Yeah, that gives me chills. I love that. So powerful. Um, So James, yeah, um, before we wrap this up, I want people to know where they can dive into more of you. I mean, you're just so incredible. I know that this episode will definitely (laughs) influence people and start to get them to think and feel differently about themselves and how they're showing up in the world. And I want them to be able to reach out to you and let you know how much they've appreciated your time and where they can learn more about your resources, your programs, your services, um, if they feel called to to get support and help from all the amazing work that you do.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I've got uh, nothing for sale. Everything's closed. Can't get it. Um, so <laughs> there's nothing for sale here, which is really good. But I do, I spend all of my time really in two places. Um, my online time and that's Instagram so my Instagram handle is just my name James wedmore and uh, my podcast which is the mind your business podcast I've been running this podcast for about three years now and it it talks a lot about the the things that came up uh, here today which Julie it's just like it's the mental emotional and spiritual evolution that I believe we're all on um, in our journey to become better entrepreneurs and and more effective influencers and leaders um, and that's uh you can find that on iTunes. Just search for mind your uh, mind your business. You can go to jameswebner.com forward slash podcast, and that'll get you our latest episodes. Um, and uh definitely I'd love to hear from from all of you, especially on Instagram. Like just send me a DM. Uh, we're loving Instagram. I I love it. I did not love it when I first started using it a couple of years ago. And uh, we're using it like more than any. Anything else right now? Because like just even DMing somebody and having a cold conversation with someone and connecting with your audience, which is so important, connecting on that one to one level, mm-hmm. um, I think Instagram just does it so well.
0: Yeah, I love it. Now you can do videos, you can do voice texts. It's so,
1: I nice. know, it's so and cool.
0: This community, especially the listeners of this podcast, they love to screenshot the episode and tag us in it and let them know what they love. So you should definitely see some of those DMs coming through. So make sure to do that today. Let us know your biggest takeaway, your biggest aha. What what about this conversation made you um, more curious um, about something? Uh, Make sure to tag us and um, and let us know, and we'll definitely get back to you. And thank you so much again, James, for your time and your wisdom and your gifts. Um, I love this conversation so much. And I know that so many people will be coming back to this conversation time and time again, just because of all of the amazingness that was in this.
1: Mm. Well, thank you, Julie. It was an honor to be on the show.
0: Wanting even more influencer podcast goodness and to connect with like-minded influencers? Join our Facebook community for daily tips on how to up-level your business and chat with myself and other listeners. All you gotta do is visit facebook.com forward slash groups